my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Uh, I am back from my annual week off this time of year where I chase white-tailed deer all, all across northwest Ohio with my rifle. Uh, I provided an update on how that went uh, at the top of the show, so feel free to uh, mock me for my failures there. Um, but uh, I have a great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Ian Howarth, and uh, I did not pay attention to anything. I was I was hunting dark to dark every day and then spending a little time with my daughter before she goes to bed after I'm done hunting every day and uh, and did not pay attention to anything going on in the world in the last seven days. So Ian filtering in on, on what I missed, and it turns out uh, it was nothing good. <laughs> nothing good happened, uh, unfortunately, so, uh, so that sucks, <laughs> but... Uh, I do have a great show for you. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before we get to Ian, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. If you're an Apple user, please take a couple seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash thenogimmickspodcast. All right, without further ado, the great Ian Howarth. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Ian Hayworth. Ian, how you been, man? Doing well, Brady. How you doing? I'm doing great. So uh, to explain why I was off last week, um, real briefly, I hunted deer basically dark to dark the last seven days for Ohio's seven-day gun season. Um, my brother, Josiah Hughes, former No Gimmicks Podcast co-host, was in town from Florida to hunt with me, and that was awesome. Uh, we had a great time, but it was rough. It was, you know, freezing, teens in the morning, 20s in the afternoon, rain, snow, fog, wind, just, you know, classic Ohio in December. I missed a really nice buck at 150 yards. It was a heartbreaker. Scope was fogging up. It was raining and foggy. I couldn't zoom past 9X on my scope or I'd lose him. But still, I felt great about the shot. Should have killed him. No excuses. I messed it up. Messed up a great opportunity. So it was a rough week. But uh, all that to say this. I have no idea what happened in the world in the last seven days. <laughs> world War Three could have started. The president could be dead. Trump could be in jail. I mean, like, nothing would surprise me. So what are a few things I missed this week, brother? Yeah, I think there's three things you missed. I think uh, one is Hamas breaking the ceasefire and everyone blaming Israel for it. Of course. Uh, the second one is uh, Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom had that debate. So that was fun. And then uh, our hero, George Santos, is out and... Uh, the Republican Party is doomed because if if a proper conservative icon like George Santos can't make it, then there's no hope for the rest of us. Rest in peace to George Santos, man. <laughs> like Icarus, my man just flew too close to the sun, Ian. Oh, yeah. What a guy. I mean, if George Santos, a Catholic, Jewish, gay cross-dresser whose parents survived the Holocaust and died in 9-11 can't make it in Congress, what hope do the rest of us have? I know. It's just just because he lied a little bit, embezzled a little bit, you know, <laughs> arguably committed fraud. I mean, that's a prerequisite for a government now. So I don't really understand what the big deal is. Are Republicans are any Republicans defending? I'll, I'll be honest. This is the one story I have been following just because I love George Santos. <laughs> you get emails right to your inbox. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> yes. I have notifications turned on, just like the, the George Santos <laughs> bat signal, you know? <laughs> are, are Republicans, like, defending him? Or, did like, what did, what did like, Matt Gates do? Did he, like, try to stop him from, from voting him out? It, like, did, like, you know, they are, are, like, the fringe, like, MAGA people, like, defending Santos? Or is everybody just like, okay, we got to get this guy out of here? So I must admit, Brady, I don't exactly follow what Matt Gates does too closely. I, I just um, mean him as like a caricature <laughs> of that kind of person. You know what I mean? Like that wing of Congress, you know? From what I've seen, it's mostly people either ignoring it or doing the whataboutism stuff, which is in this case, I think, reasonable as long as they're not doing it to excuse. Because like, in all seriousness, George Santos, you know, pretty bad ca- uh, character. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. Fu- he's funny, but doing all the things that conservatives shouldn't be happy with. But then people are making the... The obvious uh, concerns about well, what about Senator Menendez? What about Democrats who have taken bribes to do various things? Uh, I think all of this is just indicative of something deeper, though. It's just the the laughable notion that people in politics care about any kind of standards when really all of this is just it's a tool to use to get rid of the people who are on the other side. And then you just ignore it. And uh, I think too often Republicans fight this in a really bad way in that they they do the right thing on our side, but then they won't get in the dirt and really fight to do the right thing for our opponents because they're just not willing to do what democrats are willing to do which is really fight with everything they have right so we we love doing this yeah we'll throw them out because we're principled but then they're not willing to go the next step and actually do what's necessary to go after the other side right right i mean the menendez thing i mean that's fair man (laughs) like yeah yeah old boy took gold bars from egypt and then googled he just whips out his laptop and it's like, how do I move illegal Egyptian cold bars? <laughs> didn't even open incognito. <laughs> no, didn't even go incognito <laughs> mode. I mean, just, you know, they just don't make crooks the way they used to, man. Uh, George Santos. I just, man. Did he go quiet? Like, what did, what, did, what did old George, if that is his real name? I know. Um, <laughs> what, what has he had to say about any of this? Is he Did he try to fight it? or I mean, you can't really. I assume the vote was, like, overwhelming. To expel him from Congress, I have to imagine it was approaching that 400 range or something like that. <laughs> so, like, I mean, was there a fight? Was it at least entertaining, or was it just like, okay, old boy's got to go? Yeah, I think it was old boy's got to go. He's obviously tweeting about it, um, <laughs> which is fun. You know, that's going to be part of the fun. Um, we'll see. It's, it's one of those, though, where I just think he had to go. It was obviously he had to go. Um, I just wish we had the same attitude for Democrats. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. No doubt. Um, so the DeSantis Newsom debate, uh, obviously, I haven't seen it. First, how did it go? But I, I want to say first, I have no idea who won this debate, but I'm glad it happened, whether it went mm-hmm. good or bad for Republicans, because it's an actually legitimate debate for a change. I mean, it's like the best Republicans have to offer versus the best Democrats have to offer. And like for everybody at home is like, really, Newsom? Like, yeah, like I know Newsom is an evil maniac who ruined California and may or may not be a robot. But, I mean, he is the embodiment of the left's principles, as yep. evil as they may be. Like, he is their id. He is, like, the center of the Democratic Party. So, like, how, how did it go? I mean, I, I'm glad it happened. I think it's definitely a debate that could have been constructive in some way if it went well. Yeah, I think, one, I think Sean Hannity and Fox News did a great job because every single segment began with, like, a piece of statistical data. So it was like a graph comparing Florida and California on one level or another. Um, I think that was really worthwhile. I think that was really helpful. 
Uh, it also made it very hard for Gavin Newsom just to lie his way out of it, because that's what he did. He just lied throughout. He didn't answer any questions. He did the accusing Ron DeSantis of being racist stuff, oh, of gosh. being, you know, um, completely dispassionate towards LGBTQ plus ABCDEFG people. Uh, he got very annoyed when uh, Ron DeSantis said Kamala Harris's name wrong. He spent his entire time climbing up Joe Biden's ass. He gave him an A. He said his presidency has been a masterclass. Oh gosh, it's just, it's just all of the all of the ridiculous a masterclass stuff. in yes. what? Exactly, <laughs> stumbling. But uh, it was it was good in, in that it was an actual debate. In that Ron DeSantis, I think, showed what everyone hoped he would be on the on the primary race. Um, I think the problem is is that pri- we've talked about this dozens of times at this point. Is that primary races don't set you up to be the best necessarily candidate for the general. No. And I think Ron DeSantis got an opportunity to show what he would be like in a general race and that he just wiped the floor with Gavin Newsom. Like one moment he actually had a printout of one of the porn books that Democrats are fighting to have in schools. And then he had a printout of San Francisco poop map because he's just forcing them to look their own policies in the face. Yeah. And uh, wonderful to watch. I think, you know, as a fan of DeSantis, I thought it was good, but also just as a fan of Republicans winning, it was good because the only people saying that like Gavin Newsom won were either Republican hacks who were just farming for engagement on Twitter or people who were just blind followers of the Democratic Party. Anyone with any modicum of sense. Um, it was obvious. Ron, I don't like saying I don't like saying win or lose, because I think unless it's a very structured debate, it's hard to come by those metrics. Right. I mean, like to, to be a, a clear argument. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I assumed, you know, yeah. In, in the whole winning a debate, like unless it's a like a legitimate Oxford style debate there, you can't yeah. really quantify, you know, yes. unless people are voting, you know, who, how, what percentage of the audience minds were changed by candidate X, you know, it really has yep. to be a structured debate to have a winner. But yeah, I mean like that, it's not surprising that DeSantis did his homework. He always does his homework. Mm-hmm. You know, he, uh, a lot of people seems like, it rubs people the wrong way because he's kind of like nerdy about it. But the dude like brings receipts like in every speech, even like these stupid campaign stump speeches, like the guy knows the data, um, you know, better than just about any Republican candidate that I can remember aside aside from maybe Ron Paul. Um, But I have to imagine they talk COVID and the lockdowns. Like, did they like did DeSantis have the opportunity to, to put that out there? Yeah, that was one of the main topics, which was great. Um, the funniest thing was Gavin Newsom trying to portray Florida as, as a failure on COVID and California as a success. Um, but of course, DeSantis went after Gavin Newsom where he should have done, which is like, OK, he closed all the schools except his kids went to private school. He closed all the businesses except he went to a Michelin star restaurant. Uh, the, the fact that people are fleeing California in record numbers for places like Florida, including Gavin Newsom's um, father-in-law, which, again, DeSantis brought up because it shows how absurd these people are. Um, Gavin Newsom did a lot of talking over DeSantis, which I think is a problem because then you don't know what was missed. Uh, but COVID was one of the fundamental things. I mean, they again, credit to Sean Hannity, and, Sean Hannity and Fox News. They showed data on COVID death rates and they did it um, proportional to population, which is really the key point. Um, they also uh, One thing they could have done is they could have made it adjusted for age because Florida should have had the highest death rate in in the nation, given the age um, disparity. And they didn't, which is even more of a testament to their COVID success. Um, It's just unbelievable, honestly. Everything Gavin Newsom said on that level was just a lie in that he was accusing uh, um, California. Well, he was saying that California was the pro-freedom state 
and oh, uh, Florida was anti-freedom. <laughs> he said that uh, DeSantis's battle with Disney was indicative of that. And it's like, okay, well, Disney World was open, Disneyland was closed. What are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think that dog's going to hunt. That's a bizarre. Yeah. I mean, like Democrats try to do like the, you know, equate like freedom with all like the gay stuff, the trans mm-hmm. stuff and all that. But like, I mean, who who's persuaded? Who, what Democrat is persuaded by that argument? I know. You know what I mean, it's just not. Yeah, that, that that's not going to hunt. One more question about that debate. Um what the heck did did what did Trump do? What did the MAGA like paid influencers do? I like I imagine they were probably like, I mean, were they like praising Newsom just to attack DeSantis, or or did they not sink quite that low? Yeah, they didn't sink that low, as from what I saw. A lot of people just ignored it completely. A few people, to their credit, uh, I can't remember exactly who said you know DeSantis did well. Um, but what was very telling is that the kind of things uh, Gavin Newsom was saying is the kind of things the MAGA crowd are saying. You know, yeah. they were pushing. Um, quote, uh, Trump quotes about DeSantis and then Biden quotes or you know if your if your Democratic opponent is quoting the main Republican candidate oh, gosh. as weaponry or ammunition against a Republican I think that says something pretty strange um, but yeah mostly quiet because there's honestly not much you could say negatively about DeSantis um, I think it also just showed what the Republican Party could be um, in terms of the focus on issues and the kind of the relentlessness that I think makes DeSantis such a good governor that I think finally translated into a debate stage because the primary just doesn't really show that tearing your, your supposed coworkers apart is not the same as tearing your enemy apart. Right. Um, I'm hoping this, this leads to a change in momentum. Uh, but I think Trump is obviously going to take it at this point, unless something drastic happens. So, uh, it's, it's an ultimate tale. We're going to look back and see what could have been, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What a disgrace, man. What a disgrace. I, I'm glad they, they hammered the COVID points during this debate. I mean, it's it's just such a disgrace that even Republicans want to, you know, push all that under the rug. You know, they yeah. don't want to think about that. They don't want to think about how, you know, their guy, President Trump, locked the country down and handed the full control of the federal government to Anthony Fauci and destroyed the global economy and issued in, uh, ushered in a major recession and 40-year highs in inflation. They don't. They don't want to admit that the guy they voted for and supported did that, uh, even though he did. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I I am terrified that. Uh, and you're you're already seeing like the corporate press, um, uh, to try to like, you know, try to like gin some fear up over there. Oh, there's like another sickness in China. We have to you know lock down. You know, and like. Luckily, people aren't buying that yet. But you know, hey, next year's an election year. <laughs> you never know. Yep. You're gonna yep. the propaganda is gonna you know dial up to eleven. But um, preventing that from happening again is the most important issue we face as a society in America. Um, because we just you're not gonna survive if the state were to unplug the economy and try to plug it back in again. It's over. Like yes. the U.S. dollar, it's it's gone. I mean, we're we're looking at generational hyperinflation more than likely. I mean, you're talking about, you know, Venezuela, Argentina levels. I mean, you're talking about like the collapse of our economic system if that happens again. Mm-hmm. Um, and MAGA is just, I mean, Trump says he didn't do anything wrong and, and he'd do it all over again. And um, and he will not admit to any fault at all. And that, it, <laughs> that that's not good, man. I mean, like if, yeah. if, if people get too complacent, and allow this to happen again, 
people are going to die. I mean, this is like it's going to be it's going to get really ugly. So I'm glad they highlighted the COVID stuff because that that's still my number one issue, and mm-hmm. it should be should everyone's be. number one issue. I mean, it's the biggest issue in our in our generation. I think. Yeah. Uh, it, it. What worries me too is that everyone says, "Oh, if this happens again," I don't think it's an if. I think it's a when. Uh, I think it will happen again because a lot of politicians have realized what they can get away with. Yeah. And a lot of the things they've wanted for a long time, they achieved through a route that no one had really thought about, which is, you know, medical fear. Um, and that's that's, I think, the really frustrating thing about when we talk about COVID is that like DeSantis, yes, closed down Florida for a short amount of time. Uh, but you always have to be making these kind he of ap- he apologized. Decisions. He apologized. Yes, exactly. He said he made a mistake and it was only like a week. But it's also you can't judge people. And Trump attacked him. And Trump attacked him. Trump attacked DeSantis for reopening Florida. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just it's the kind of thing where I I wish people could connect the dots in their head a little bit and actually understand that blaming someone for reacting in a way that was rational, you can agree or disagree, rational based on the data, and then and adjusting their policy based on data, which is something that happened in Florida and did not happen on the federal level or most state levels. That's what you need in government, not not just COVID, but yeah. always just responding to what you know. That's all you can do in life. And when yeah. you have someone, again, who apologized for getting it wrong, and then you have like Trump, who's the opposite, saying, no, we did everything right. It's like, you handed the keys to Fauci. And the fact that MAGA can hate Fauci but love Trump at the same time, I'm not saying you have to hate Trump for it, but you have to hold him accountable in the way you would hold any person in public life accountable, because otherwise everything is meaningless. It's just a cult. I mean, supporting Trump in 2020 after the lockdowns is one thing because he was up against Joe Biden, who was clearly going to make it much, much worse. And he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but supporting a, a lockdown enthusiast, a Fauci enthusiast, when you have better options, yes. in my opinion, is inexcusable. I don't think there's any kind of justification for it if you care about the future of this country, if you care about freedom and if you claim to understand economics at all. Um, it's just it's mind boggling. It's it's yes. cult. It's cult behavior. You know, it's like it's sto- it's Stockholm syndrome. It really mm-hmm. feels like Stockholm syndrome to me. I mean, Trump destroyed businesses, destroyed. I mean, small business owners are Republicans, Ian. OK, yes. when we yes. talk about how like all these these the the mass extinction of small businesses across this country, the largest transfer of wealth from the middle class to the ruling elites in the history of this country, at least since the, the Federal Reserve was was created. <laughs> you I mean, it, Trump oversaw all of it. Mm-hmm. It's his fault. He could have stopped it. He destroyed the lives of his own supporters. He allowed Fauci to destroy the base of the Republican Party. And and they, they refused. They absolutely refused to hold the man accountable. It's disgusting. It makes me sick. Yeah, and it just sets us up for more of it. Um you have to blame yourself when you don't change based on what you know. And uh, yeah. that's the ultimate failure right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, democracy means the people get what they deserve. Yep. They're going to get it. Um, before I let you go, I mean, it, it, from the looks of it, it's uh, it's still trendy to attack Jews in this country <laughs> on the Good streets. Um, over the weekend, uh, Muslims and other Democrats vandalized a Jewish-owned restaurant in Pittsburgh, of all places. Um yeah, I mean, this. I guess this is the country we live in now. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is. Uh, I mean, any claim that this is about actions taken by the Israeli government, five thousand miles away, is is pretty hilarious. When you're um, calling for the death of like Jewish business owners in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's more of the same, honestly. It's just it's the same stuff on repeat uh, because the ceasefire that everyone was calling for was happening. They were doing, uh, I think, horrendous um, exchanges where innocent civilians, either children or elderly, were being released in return for three times as many uh, Palestinian criminals, uh, many of whom were just terrorists. And uh, they were getting everything they wanted, then Hamas just couldn't help trying to murder some Jews and actually, I believe, succeeding in Jerusalem and then firing rockets at Israel. That ended the ceasefire. And so Israel um, restarted their assault on Gaza, which I think is a completely justified assault. And then everyone started complaining about Israel again and using that as an excuse to attack Jews. Uh, It's just Israel is in a complete lose-lose situation at all times. I wish they would stop playing this game of trying to give the rest of the Western world what they want, because what really what they want is just either apathy or the destruction of Israel. And uh, you do not need to waste time with those people. They are not on your side. Um, it's, it's great on an individual level that those hostages have been released. I'm delighted for them and their families. Uh, I would never wish continued hostage situation on anyone. Uh, but we also have to think about the hostages of the future and the victims of the future and releasing uh, terrorists who are openly telling people when they're released, yeah, I'm going to carry on, uh, I think is is a short term win, but a long term failure. And I think we need a, a longer term strategy to defeat Hamas, both in Israel, which is obviously Israel's responsibility. But when we look domestically, there's an explosion of exactly the same anti-Semitism across the country. And uh, unless we deal with that, this is the beginning. Yeah. What is what is uh, the posture of our government? Has there been any change? Not that I've seen. I think it's a lot of the same. It's a lot of the both sides isms of uh, calling for ceasefire, calling for peace. I mean, a lot of it is mirrored by the media, too. Uh, I made this um, point briefly on Twitter the other day. Um, After the ceasefire was broken by Hamas, every single report was either framed with the Palestinians as the victims or pictures of Palestinian so-called victims were used to actually report the story. So when Jews are the victims again, Palestinians are still framed as the victims. So it's this mind virus almost where you can't escape from the framing of it. And it's it's evil, it's wrong, um, and it has deadly consequences because then there are people, there are people who hate Jews for any reason, but there are a lot of people who are being manipulated into hating Jews who they see as the ultimate cause of all wrongs in the world, which is at its root, the anti-Semitism that's existed for thousands of years. It's it's worrying. Uh, it's pretty scary. And then oh, one one just to wrap things up and bring it back to the Ron DeSantis, Gavin Newsom thing. Gavin Newsom, rather than calling for unity on the issue of anti-Semitism, he tried to accuse Gavin Newsom of fomenting anti-Semitism, okay. uh, which is, do you know? how hard it would be if you were an anti-Semite to win in Florida. <laughs> to be the governor of Florida. <laughs> like, it's just a bunch of old Jewish people. They're not voting for you. I mean, you, how could you be a racist either? Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's absurd. And that is the problem, is that it's about both sides rather than one side is, is good in their morals, one side is bad in their leadership. And uh, ignoring blatant anti-Semitism at the root. And it's, it's bad. It's bad, Brady. I mean, I I never could. I mean, I, I obviously knew that anti-Semitism was a problem in this country and every country and has been for several thousand years and running. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. But even so many you know, people like us that, that yeah. talk, talk about this for a living, it's like, 
who could have seen this? I mean, just the images you see on the streets, man. Like that that riot in Pittsburgh the other night. I think it was Saturday night. It's like, golly, man, the stuff yeah, they were chanting good. at these business owners and. I mean, it's not, these aren't small protests. It's thousands or tens of thousands, typically. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane, man. It's It's also the beginning. It's the beginning. uh, Because if you look at how, look at the coverage, for example, there's been, um, I don't know if they died, but those three Palestinian Americans who were attacked, absolutely horrific. They were attacked. They got so much media coverage. um, That little boy who was horrifically murdered by, you know, a racist bigot, his landlord, um, got a ton of coverage, which it should, but also, can we look at how Jews being attacked are being covered? Because they're not being covered. There was that um, the president of a synagogue in Detroit who was stabbed to death outside her home. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah. And, and then you've got all over the world. I can't remember where it is. Um, I think somewhere in Virginia, they're not putting up a menorah because it's Hanukkah coming up because they don't want to escalate tensions. You know, oh, so gosh. again, <laughs> Jews, you go hide because we don't want to piss the Muslims off. That's, that's literally the argument being made. And uh, the moment you're making that argument, the the ideals at the core of the West are gone. Yeah. Scary stuff, man. Yeah, not good. Scary stuff. And it is fascinating watching the press um, just kind of run PR for Hamas. I mean, it's not—they don't have people on— sympathizing with the plight of the Palestinians or anything like that. It's it's basically just Hamas. It's it's the exact—they're they're repeating the exact same talking points put out by Hamas itself. Yes. Um, it's just in 2023, you have American and, and European journalists doing this, and it's like, man, I don't know. I mean, if you're just—if that's the side you've chosen, it's smart. It's smart pop propaganda, They, you know, but uh, it's a good way to turn people against Jews, but it's—I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what this is going to look like in a year, you know, because this war, I don't think is going to end anytime soon. I don't really see how, and I, this is not me giving an opinion on anything. I'm just saying like looking at the facts on the ground, obviously minus the last week, which I know nothing of, <laughs> but if looking at the facts on the ground, like I, what do you think about this? I, I don't just, I don't see a scenario. I'm not saying they should do this, but I don't see a scenario where Israel doesn't occupy Gaza for at least a year, a couple years. I mean, I, I don't think, I mean, how do they, from 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 Israel's perspective, like how do you make sure that Hamas isn't, once you've killed all the leadership and sent your James Bond but Jewish type characters to, to, to Qatar to finish off the rest of them over there in their luxury hotels and all of that, like once you accomplish all that and destroy their military infrastructure and tunnels and all that, like how do you make sure that this isn't going to happen again without some kind of prolonged, occupation well, I, I don't that, see how you could do it so like i think this is going to yeah. last a long time like i don't you know i don't know what what do you think is once they've accomplished their goals like is that kind of where you're at do you think they're going to reoccupy gaza for an extended period of time I, I just don't see a way around it from from israel's perspective no i mean there is no way around it i think uh, one people need to move on from the fact that um or the belief rather that this is just hamas so that if you handle hamas everything will go back to peace and happiness hamas is just the latest name for the terrorism that is the, the center of a lot of uh, Palestinian groups. Uh, once Hamas is done, it'll be another group, and after that, another group, and another group, and another group. So destroying Hamas has to be step one of a longer-term plan. Um, Israel are not going to do what most other countries would do, which is just obliterate anyone who was trying to kill them. I always use the analogy of imagine Mexico doing a tenth of what uh, Hamas and Gaza have done, and goodbye, Mexico. You know, it's just 
because uh, I think Israel in their military actions are more moral than I believe any other military in the world. And so they won't do that. So then there are no other options. You can't, they're not going to expel everyone in Gaza, which would be one option, um, because then they would be accused of ethnic cleansing. Uh, they're not going to kill everyone there because that would be, that would be mass murder. And so what do you do? You either rely on something like the Iron Dome to protect you and just accept rockets being fired at you daily as the status quo of existing, which is insane, or you occupy a territory that is unwilling to regulate itself and to actually pursue peace rather than just trying to kill Jews all the time. The only way of doing that is to occupy, because if the the government, so-called government of Palestinian areas is refusing to do so, what other choice do you have? And so uh, it's a lose-lose. There's no good solution here. Um, but Israel has a duty to act. I believe they will act because any other country would do the same. Uh, that's all I really want is that, you know, I don't care about Israel any more than any other country just as a, as a government or anything like that. I obviously have a religious connection there, but I truly care because it's Jews and it's the double standard towards Jews. Because if any other country was attacked this way, no one would be thinking twice about the response. But there's, there's this belief that Jews should just accept a level of danger as part of their existence. And that's bullshit. I mean, the only way around this dragging on for potentially years would be either Jordan or Egypt agreeing to... I mean, it, it's not just that they don't want to accept any Palestinian refugees. Egypt was offered complete control and autonomy of the Gaza Strip. So you can have it. It can be part of Egypt. And they said, absolutely not. I mean, they just, none of these Muslim countries want anything to do with Gaza. I mean, you saw that uh, uh, Mahmoud Abbas was, there was an assassination attempt on Abbas a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Because he's not ra- radical enough, you know what I mean? And and, yep. he's, and the Palestinian Authority are literally paying, you know, paying the, the families of terrorists who have yep. killed Jews. I mean, and, and that man is not radical enough. So it's like, it, it's not a mystery why, why uh, Egypt wants nothing to do with Gaza. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know. I mean, if you're, if you're looking at the, the unrest and attacks on Jews, not just in the United States, but all over Europe, it's much much worse in Europe, obviously. But, I mean, if you're seeing that now, in two years, let, let's say there's, like, this prolonged occupation of Gaza during the rebuild mm-hmm. and everything— I can't. I mean, how bad? Unless you know, leadership in these these Western countries starts cracking down on on you know attacks on Jews, which I don't think there's. I mean, there's no one is stepping up to do that at the, in this present juncture. I mean, gosh, how bad is it going to get? I mean, how how bad? Yeah. You know, and not, not to fear monger or anything for my you know Jews in my audience, but it's like, golly, man, I, I just don't know if we're seeing this already. In my mind, and I, I hope I'm wrong. Like like I said, I always hope to be wrong. I'm a libertarian. When I'm wrong, that means things are going well. Okay, so <laughs> I, I really hope I'm wrong, but I just can't see this a, a swift end to this conflict. No, there won't be, because there's no swift end to anti-Semitism. This is just the reality for Jews, unfortunately. And it's better in times where Jews are included as part of the Western world, and it's worse when they're not. And uh, we're witnessing a uh, change where they are not. People have started to forget the Holocaust. I think the Holocaust was a major waking up moment for a lot of people, uh, the West generally on an intellectual level. And they uh, give it a generation or two and things fade away and everything changes. And uh, suddenly you've got mainstream people questioning the Holocaust or yeah. comparing Jews intentionally to Nazi Germany to try and dilute the impact of the Holocaust. It's just, 
it's uh, it's not good. It's going to get worse. I, I'm not fear-mongering, but I think every American Jew should be arming themselves. They should be learning to defend themselves because ultimately people don't come to save you. There are many good people who will, but there are more people who won't. And uh, you can't rely on your neighbors, unfortunately, in a, a lot of places in the United States. And all you can do is exercise your God-given right to defend yourself. And that's all you can do. Yeah. Yep. You got to defend yourself quickly and should be uh, aiming for about 3,000 feet per second, in my opinion. I think that's uh, that's <laughs> yeah. that that's that number that you should, uh, you know, I, you can call 911, but 3,000 is, is pretty quick. And that'll, yeah. that'll yes. put guys in their tracks, you know, it'll, it'll stop them in their tracks. So, yeah, man, buy guns and ammo. Um, before I let you go, Ian, I know we got to cut cut this a little short, but any good news? <laughs> Did I miss Did anything? <laughs> is there any progress being made on any of the things that we care about? Is there, is there any, you know, any any like good freedom loving candidates who have announced they're running for something? Is there any room for optimism uh, that's happened in the last week? I, uh, I don't know. Nothing comes to mind, Brady. I'm pretty <laughs> uh, pessimistic about it. Uh, Green Bay beat Kansas city though. So that's cool. That was great. I, I watched the first half and then I fell asleep, but uh... <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good feeling, but we'll see. I will say Twitter uh, was uh, Twitter was up in arms about that uh, non-pass interference call at the end of the game. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. That was hilarious. Dude, I was so happy that that happened because the Chiefs get every call, especially at the end of like important calls yes. at the end of games. Yes. So it's just like just Patrick Mahomes gets every call, man, because he's the golden <laughs> boy. He makes billions of dollars for the NFL. Everyone knows where their bread is buttered. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Got to protect the money. <laughs> <laughs> and this dude basically sexually assaults Marquis, uh, uh, Valdez Scanling on the field. <laughs> I mean, he was like, Mahomes was just rolling out of bed in the morning, and the Packers DB tackles the receiver. <laughs> I mean, like the most blatant pass interference ever, and it wasn't called. I was like, good, good. I'm glad. I'm tired of the Chiefs winning all the time. Just some consistency would be nice in any part of our life, wouldn't it? I don't know what's worse, me missing that buck a couple of days ago or what I watched the Steelers doing on my TV yesterday. <laughs> it's just, Two things to be true at once. It's just, it, we're down bad. We're down bad right now. <laughs> Ian, my brother, where can everybody check out your show, which is fantastic. I highly recommend it. Where can everybody read your stuff, uh, follow you online, all that good stuff? Yeah, you can check out my show. It's called Off Limits with uh, Ian Howarth. You can find that on YouTube, Rumble. If you follow me on all social media, I-G-H-E-W-O-R-T-H, you can find links to my columns, my videos, everything over there. Everybody follow Ian. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks.